have you ever really just missed someone? Especially when we get out of the holidays, like, you know, it's, it can be hard in the holidays, like really miss loved ones. Maybe those loved ones who have gone to be with the Lord, you know, um, missed them. Maybe it's a brother or sister that's uh, two states over or on the other side of the, uh, of, of the nation. And, or maybe they're overseas and, and you miss them. Maybe it's young, young adults that are off to college. I remember um, my oldest, Luke, when he, uh, he went to MJC for two years and then he got accepted into Chico State. And so we uh, ended up taking him up there. It was uh, his mom, his brother, and I, and, and uh, filled the, the back of my truck up about half full. He, did, it was, he didn't have much, you know. And we, had, we went up to Chico, and he had this little uh, 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 studio apartment. And we, basically, that's all you could fit in there, a bed, a desk, and a bike, you know, and some pots and pans. So, um, and I remember um, when it came time for us to leave, and... Uh, we're in the truck, and Sonia's tearing up, and I'm tearing up. <laughs> We're all tearing up, and I remember looking in the rearview mirror and watching my, my firstborn, my oldest, my oldest boy, walk up those steps, go into his studio, shut the door. Oh, it was hard. It was hard. It's harder than watching them go to drive to school for the first day. That, you know, that was hard, but th- that's harder. I remember my youngest... Son, he got accepted into uh, Liberty University there in Virginia, and we took him up to Sacramento Airport. And he get, we were, so his, his mom and I were just watching him go through the security. And then he made the right turn to go to hit that trolley that takes you to the ter- terminals. And when he made that right turn, we're, wa- we're just like, just, ah, crushed, man. It's tough. When you miss them, you just miss them. Well, I bring this up because I wonder, I, I wonder, I think... I, I wonder if Jesus misses us. And here's what I mean. I know we have relationship with Jesus. For those who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you have a, a relationship with, with God. You, 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 we abide in Christ. We remain in Christ. There's a relationship. But I wonder if he misses that day when we're going to be together, man. We're going to see in John 14 here this morning that it says that he goes to prepare a place for us. And in his, in our, in, in his father's house, there are many rooms. So if, he, if I was just thinking, if he's preparing a place for us, that there's this anticipation and excitement that someday we're going to see him face to face. That's going to be awesome. This is good. This is good. And, but man, when we see him face to face and we're together, man, it's, it's just going to be incredible. Uh, so we're going to look at John 14, where, where the, he's telling the, the disciples, hey, I'm going to be gone here. I'm going to be gone, but take, take, be, be, be encouraged. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14, and we're going to look at just the first three verses. John 14, 1 through 3. And let me just share real quick the context of what's, where we're at here. Uh, Jesus and the disciples are celebrating what's known as the, it's the Passover meal or what's known as the Last Supper. In 24 hours, okay, where we're at here, in 24 hours, Jesus is going to be hung on a cross. He knows what's coming. Yet, like we looked at last week, it said that he loved his disciples all the way to the end. And he knows this, and, he, and he's full of love for his disciples, and he, and, he, and he takes some time to be with them, to hang out with them, and to teach them 
um, to teach them this lesson in humility. Remember, um, it's at this meal together, Jesus has, has washed the disciples' feet, teaching them humility and service. He's commanded them to love one another as he has loved them. And he warns the disciples that he'll be leaving them soon. And so he encourages them with these words that we're going to read here right now in John 14, 1 through 3. He says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Can we pause? I'm going to pause there for a sec. Man, I needed to hear that this week. When Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Jesus knew these, these guys were going to be scattered here in a, in a little bit, the disciples. And they're like, where are you going, Jesus? Where are you going to go? There's anxiety there. And he's saying, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, trust in God. And I'll tell you what. I, with all that we got coming this next year in 2024 and early part of 2025, I think it's going to, my good chance it's going to be turbulent because it's an election year. And, then, and there's, you know, the, how divided our country is and how there are those who want to keep it divided. And I just, but and not only this, that what we got looking for here in, the, in 2024, but just the normal stuff in life is, is tough. So I think maybe somebody might need to hear this this morning. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. And Jesus says, also trust in me. Verse 2. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready. When everything is ready. Here's a promise from our Lord who, it, who does not lie, he keeps every promise. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am. Here's what I want to do this morning. I, I want to kind of focus in on one thing. I want, to, I want to look at what Jesus said in verse three. And when everything is ready, when the, when the time is right, when the number of Gentiles have come to the Lord, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. See, I, here's what, we're going to look at this, the rapture. I believe this is a reference to the rapture. Okay, so a lot of you know what the rapture is. There might be some that are not sure. What, what, is, what is the rapture? What exactly is the rapture? And I, got, I like this, again, I, got, I get a lot, of my, a lot of my resources from gotquestions.org. This is a, just a great reference, and it says this. The word rapture does not occur in the Bible. The term comes from the Latin word meaning a, a carrying off. I think it's rap, rapido is the, is the Latin word, which, mean, which the meaning is a carrying off, a transport, or as a snatching away. The concept, of the, uh, the concept of the carrying off or the rapture of the church is clearly taught in Scripture. The rapture of the church is an event in which God snatches away all believers from, from the earth in, in order to make way for His righteous judgment to be poured out on the earth during the tribulation period. Again, I got that from gotquestions.org. Simply this, the rapture, it refers to a specific day. And I, I personally believe that it could be any moment. It might be during this sermon. 
Some of you are going, praise God, man. <laughs> it, could be, it could be any moment when it's right, when the time is right, God is coming. It, 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 um, when Je- this is, the rapture refers to a specific day when Jesus will come and take his church, all true believers, his bride, both living and dead, to be with him. See, uh, the Apostle Paul shines some more light on it in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Look at this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. Don't don't miss that. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord uh, returns will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Wow. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from from their graves. Then together with them, and let me just real quick, that in verse 16, uh, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. I believe that's when, when that, at that time that they will get, we will all get, we'll get our, res, our, our, our glorified bodies. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. And look at 18. So encourage each other with these words. We're called to encourage each other that there will be a moment someday when it's the right time, when, when that, that right time, it's, and it's, Jesus, it, let's go. Let's go get the church. And we're, we're to encourage each other. So practically speaking, what, what does the rapture mean? What, what does it mean for us? And I, and I think this is super exciting. You know what it means, practically speaking? No more two Advil and a Red Bull for, so I could just get the chores done around the house. Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but no more of that, man. No more, uh, no more aches. No more pains. No more arthritis. No more of these things, glasses. And no more of these things. Right here, pill poppers, man. I call those pill poppers. I, I, this, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm getting old, but this, this, this kind of tells me I'm, I, and I, I, I could use two of these things. I got so many vitamins and minerals and prescription stuff now. Thanks, Z. <laughs> no more of those things. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. No more, no more suffering. No more anxiety. No more pain. No more six, little six-year-olds getting a brain tumor. Or cancer. Amen? Amen. Man. Philippians 3, 20, 21, the 21 says this, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own. Man, that, that's going to be incredible. You, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That, that is incredible, isn't it, church? I've been, uh, been going to the basketball games at the high school, Mustang basketball, and, and uh, I had an opportunity to play back in the 80s. 
And uh, it's, it, was, it was fun. Uh, it's fun to watch this team, man. They're, they're a young team, and they're growing, and they're going, to be a pow- they're going to be a powerful team in the next few years. And, man, there are times, man, I w- I'm up there. I, oh, I want to play basketball so bad. Man, when I get my glorified body, watch out, boys. I know some of you are in here right now. Watch out, man. We're going to have a game. We're going to have a game, okay? They're probably, they'd school me anyways. But No, man, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. So here's some scriptures. I want to share with you this, some scriptures about uh, the coming of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 7 and 8. Now you, uh, Paul says, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10, For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, uh, when He returns, we can live with Him forever. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul be and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. James 5, 7 and 8. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the, in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage. The coming of the Lord is near. That's just great news, isn't it, church? It's good news. So here's, here's what I want to do. Here's the thing. I think it's important for you to know where I, where I stand, you know, where I stand when it comes to my eschatology or in uh, times belief. I, I, here's where I, I lean. I lean towards a pre-trib uh, rapture, uh, pre-trib rapture. And here's why. I think there's a couple big reasons why I lean towards that. Number one, uh, passages... In the, there are passages that state that Christians won't go through the great tribulation. And I got those up here, right? I think it's uh, 1 Thessalonians right here. So t- if you want to take a picture of that, leave that up on there a little longer, Carly, because it'd be, you know, go back and look at these scriptures. Um, now, one of the criticisms of the pre-trib view is that, well, people, you're, you're just teaching people they're not going to suffer, you're going to just get just scooped out of here, and you're not, going to, you're not going to suffer. No, no, you got to teach the whole counsel of God's Word. What did Jesus say? If they hated me, they're what? They're going to hate you. If they persecute me, what are they going to do? They're going to persecute you. I mean, and then Matthew 24, see, I believe, the great, I believe God's going to take us out of here before the great tribulation. Matthew 24 tells us that it will be like a day that, that has never been or a day that will never be again. It's, it's going to be that. And I, I believe the Lord is going to take us out. I think we, got, we have some examples of that in, in Scripture. We have Noah. Remember the, the catastrophic world, worldwide flood event? God saved Noah. We have Lot in judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And so another thing and reason why I believe in the pre-trib is that the, it's, there's the eminence of Christ's return demands, I think, a pre-trib view. And that is that um, the apostles, 
the, when you look at the apostles, when you look at the scriptures, the apostles' teaching, they, they really thought that the Lord could come during their time. He could come at any time. And I think if you're a mid-tribber and a post-tribber, I think you know, I know you, then you know when, when the rapture's coming. So um, that's another reason why, I believe. And then here's a super practical one. When, when a nation declares war on another nation, what do they do first? They pull out the ambassadors, right? They pull the people out. They're going to war. And I just think that when that judgment comes on this, on this earth, time like never before or we'll ever see again that God's going to pull, he's going to pull us out, true believers out. Now, I want to say this. When it comes to whatever you believe about in times, uh, you know, your rapture, we believe if the rapture is going to take place pre, mid, or post. In my book, this is a minor issue. It's not, a, it's, it's a non-essential. And I don't break fellowship over that. I don't break fellowship over that. And I'll tell you what, there's great godly men of God, uh, scholars who have been debate, debated this, this thing for a long time. And they, you know, they, they land all different spots in this. And then there's little minor things that go on in that, in that doctrine too. And, and so it's a, it's a, it's a non-essential, and I, I won't break fellowship over that. So I want to close with this. I want to close with this. What should, what should we as believers do while we wait for this great and awesome day? What should we be doing? The day that Jesus comes for us. Uh, scripture is very clear about what we should do. 1 John 2, 28 says, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. So remain in fellowship. Abide in Christ. Keep that your relationship with God out in front. Let it be hot, man. We only got this certain amount of time that we're given. Keep that out front. So then when the Lord, if the Lord returns when we're alive, or you're alive, man, you, it's like glory, hallelujah, instead of oh my goodness, and you want to run for the hills. <laughs> so keep that relationship hot that relationship with Christ. Put it at the forefront of, uh, um, of your life. Titus 2, 11 through 13 says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this, this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day, when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. When I read those verses and thought about those verses, you know what I heard? I heard kind of, it, I heard this is uh, be strong, uh, run, run the race hard, no regrets. It was uh, 1988. I had the opportunity to uh, be a part of a, a, a Cross country, an elite cross country team at Cal Poly. We went to um, it was uh, it was my junior year, and we in college, my junior year in college, and we went to Clinton, Mississippi for for nationals. And um, our team captain, before he pulled us all together, our team captain Chris Craig, he was a senior, and he pulled us all all of us guys together, and he said, "Hey guys, 
is the last time I'm going to be running with you. With you, it's my last race in college. He says he told he said this. I'm leaving it all on the line. I'm passing out. I'm passing out. And I'm like, oh, see, okay. <laughs> I, I, and, and so we get we we get in the race. Chris Craig ends up being the first runner for uh, Cal Poly. He was in probably the top 15 over, over probably 300 runners. We all get back, and we, all, we did pretty good. I think we took fourth place in, 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 you know, in nationals. Wasn't bad. We all get, we get, we get back, and we're all, hey, uh, we kind of all gather. Where's Chris? Where's Chris? And, and Coach came up to him and said, we're asked, hey, Coach, where's Chris? And he said, hey, he's in the, med- he's in the medical tent. When he crossed the line, he passed out. <laughs> he gave it all. I'll never forget that, man. He's, he said it. I'm going to go as hard as I can all the way through the finish line, and he did. And I just think that's, when I, when I thought about this, I, I thought, look, we are give, we're all given a certain amount of breaths here, a certain amount of uh, uh, days on this planet. We are running a race. And I'll tell you, our race, our race is heaven. Our, our finish line is, is a glorious thing. But when, it, when I think about the Lord coming at any time, boy, we need to, I just think, that let, let's run that race to win. No regrets. As we're in eternity fellowshipping and having a meal together, you know, man, we can look back and go, man, I gave it all. And maybe for some, you might be going, well, man, you don't know where I'm coming from. I, you know, I've had this rough life. But hey, from today on, you can go, you can say, hey, man, from that day, I, turned, I, wanted, I wanted God to change my life. And I wanted to really live for God. I'm going li- to live for Him. My encouragement for all of us is no regrets. Let's run the race to win. James says this in 4.13. Now listen, you who say to, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Life is but a mist, man. Let's, whatever we are given, uh, the years that we're given, the days we're given, the breaths that we breathe, whatever we're given, let's give it for the Lord you and I have only so many breaths left. We've been given only so many. Let us use them for God's glory. No regrets. Run the race hard for the finish line is coming. Amen. Hey, I got a couple resources I want to uh, share with you before we close here. One of them is uh, an, just an article if you want to dig deeper. It's a, uh, an article called The Rapture Debate if you want to check that out. And then I, I just love this book right here. I, when I was in college, I, I, I went down to the student store, always bought the Cliff Notes. This is the, uh, the Cliff Notes for the, the book um, Heaven. That's a big, thick book, but this just kind of gets to the, the main points. And it's, a, it's a great book. If you want to be encouraged, man, I've got a, maybe 10 of them up here. Grab one of these, and I, I actually have some more over in my office. So if we run out, I'll make sure to get one for you. But, man, check this out. If you want to be blessed, uh, take a look at that. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for this morning. And thank you, Lord, for this encouraging word, your word, Jesus. Your words to the disciples uh, to um, take courage, to trust in you. 
And Lord, um, we thank you that when that time, this God, that you would, um, that we would encourage God, help us encourage each other with that, that message, that Lord, that you could come any moment, and have a great day that would be. Lord, thank you for this morning and this word. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here. Encourage them this week. God, give us more opportunities to share this good news of Jesus Christ with loved ones and people in our community. God, I pray that you would, uh, sometimes it just seems like Oakdale is just a hard ground. God, that you would till the ground in 2024. Till this ground, soften it, soften hearts. God, and just love to see people turn to you. Give us opportunities, Lord, to share your good news with them. This great news of, of heaven and someday when you'll return. Pray this all in your name. Amen.